Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed listeners. I am so excited to have another week where you drop by and listen to Gem Revealed Self Mastery to Soulmate. And every week it's a commitment that I'm going to make sure I deliver you information that's so valuable that it can change your life and transform your relationships. Today's super cool for me uh, that I have two friends with me and longtime friends that uh, we have journeyed together through life for quite some time and not only done life together, but it is at the highest levels because it had to do with our spiritual lives. And there's no greater bond that could really come from that. And uh, I, we were just reminiscing before, uh, you know, we popped on live here at really how amazing that this journey has been and the weaves that it has taken and uh, through our lives, our children's lives and how it's just uh, come to this point. And that's kind of amazing. So for our listeners, as you know, you know, Gem Revealed Self Mastery to Soulmate. Why do we exist? There's a moment that I need to just share that. Why? Because that really gives the stage and the platform for my friends who I'll introduce in a moment. But Gem Revealed exists for one reason only. And I'm going to focus on that word self-mastery. We all have to take ownership. Because today, at this very moment, one out of every two marriages is failing. It's in the demise one out of every two in second marriages are more fragile. That's up to 75%. And that's staggering. And I think we all need, every one of us, everybody, if you're married, we need to listen. If you're single and you're looking, you have to do things different because if you don't, good chance you'll be part of a statistic. So that's why we exist. We exist to make sure to do things different. And really the first step is looking in the mirror. So with that, it's going to give me an incredible, incredible privilege to introduce Rob and Jen Schwain, who I've known for so long, one as friends, second as a pastor, third brother and sister. So I I don't know if I could give more love um, to you guys, but thank you for being here. And I can't even, I can't wait for this conversation to begin. Can't wait. You guys have Restoration Family Farm. You are changing lives, you're changing relationships, you're changing people. So I want to just, that's a big, big conversation there. So why don't you guys dive in and tell me a little bit about what you have going on? Sure. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you, Janine, for the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Like we were saying, it's just awesome that uh, our relationship has sustained this amount of time. Like, I don't want to say how long it's been because it'll make us all feel really old, but it's pretty incredible to see. And now we've seen each other in all different seasons of life. And so it's really cool to be uh, teaming up and partnering together in this new season for all of us. So thank you. We're excited to share our story. Um, 
I think that, you know, as I was listening to you uh, share why you exist, it reminded me of why we do what we do, you know, because I love that you made a statement of, you know, we need to be willing to look in the mirror and we need to acknowledge what we see in the mirror, right? And I think for us, part of the reason why we did or we're doing what we do is because of, you know, a handful of years ago, uh, I looked in the mirror and I did not like what I saw. I didn't like what I saw in myself. I didn't like what I saw in my marriage. I didn't like what I saw in my relationships. Um, and I knew that something had to change. And the reason that I didn't like what I saw was because I knew that I didn't do a very good job of leading myself through life and all that hit us in it. You know, um, in a very short period of time, our family uh, got hit with what felt like one major wave after the next, that even just one individual wave would have been enough to like rock us to our core. Uh, but we got hit with wave after wave after wave in a very short period of time. Um, I remember, you know, it was again, a handful of years ago, my wife's sister, she had just had our niece, her daughter, she was only a few months old. And we, she went to the doctor because she was having trouble feeding uh, our niece and thinking that it was going to be a simple fix. Um, she found out that she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer and it kind of hit us out of nowhere. Um, and we were so hopeful, but what we found out really quickly was that the cancer spread from her breast to her brain and her spine. And six months after that, so a year total from diagnosis, she passed away. Uh, and that kind of hit us out of nowhere, leaving our, you know, our little niece who was about a year old. Uh, we were just like, what, what is happening here? Um, in the midst of that, two weeks, literally two weeks after that, my grandmother, who literally, I, I, she raised me, she was my second mom, we lived with her growing up, she out of nowhere passed away uh, and left us saying, what is going on here? Then not long after that, her husband, my grandfather, who was like my second dad, he passed away unexpectedly. Uh, all in the midst of that, uh, I was a pastor at a church and the leader of the church uh, was let go uh, because he was not able to hold his position anymore. So uh, I was one of the only staff members left kind of helping these few hundred people figure out, oh my gosh, what do we do? We just lost our leader, the guy that, you know, was doing all these things. And I was sitting there saying, okay, we got to figure out how to move forward through this. Um, in the midst of all of that, our daughter, our second child was born. We had a two-year-old already, our son, and then our daughter was born and she was colicky. So she screamed, like, I'm not exaggerating. She screamed nonstop for six months straight. Um, so you can imagine how that goes in a relationship. Um, and then we decided to buy a house on top of all of that. Cause we're like, you know what, that will fix everything. Like, <laughs> let's just go make a 30 year commitment and figure all that out. Um, so as you can imagine, all of that hit us really quick. And we were arguing nonstop, we were fighting. And the time that, you know, we got stuck in this cycle of argue, sort of make up and resolve things, and then start the cycle all over again. But the problem was, the time it was taking us to sort of resolve things was growing and growing and growing and growing. And one night we had had kind of our knock, another knockdown fight and I took my spot on the couch for the night, Jen went into the bedroom and I laid down on the couch and I remember saying to myself, oh good, now I don't have to talk to her for the next week. And the reason I say that is because that was the amount of time it was taking us to sort of quasi resolve things. 
you know, I work with a, I have a good friend that works with people in recovery a lot of times. And he says that he told me something in our journey. He said, Rob, you have to understand that you can't create rock bottom for someone. They need to find it themselves. And until they find that rock bottom on their own, true change won't happen. And that night when I made that statement that I was looking forward to not talking to my wife for that period of time, that was my rock bottom. That was my looking in the mirror moment where I said, I don't like what I see anymore. And something had to change. And so we decided, I decided that night that I was going to stop fighting about my marriage and I was going to start fighting for it. And so I was going to look in the mirror so that one day I could look and say, this is what I want to see in the mirror. And so we started what we called our restoration journey, where we very intentionally said, we're going to start making the steps that we need to make so that we can start to change. Well, one thing I want to point out, well, first of all, um, hard not to break down having been an outsider looking in at much of what you just explained. And it's just hard to even listen. Um, it, it was so real. And just for being so vulnerable and sharing it, I just want to just say thank you for sharing. Um, especially with the listeners, what he's saying was real. It was real. But what I want to point out, which I think is beautiful, and I think it's very important before you move forward, and I want people to really understand it, is what, what you didn't do. You didn't place the blame on Jen. It wasn't her fault. You said, wherever you are at, it's me. I need to look in the mirror, and I need to do it. So for anybody listening, no matter what, no matter where you are, it's you are the one you are the one that must look in the mirror. So I just wanted to just make sure that we really hold that moment before we move forward. Yeah, and I, I would say to that, part of the reason we got to the point that we got to was because I didn't get to that point because I was looking at Jen saying, if only you had changed, if only you had done this, if only you were here when, everything would have been so much better. But the problem is I put such high expectations on her that she could never have met them. And so she was constantly failing me, but she wasn't failing me. I was failing her with the expectations that I expected her to do. And vice versa. I oh, sure. And I'm sure communication in and of itself without really being curious, which, you know, I love that we're posing in the real heartfelt way. Gem Reveal really gets to the core, like application, like, communication? Were you being curious? Were you, you know, understanding each other? Were you listening effectively? And what you're saying is, no matter what, I failed. If you let it get there, you failed. No matter what, look in the mirror, wherever you're at, you allowed yourself to get there. Yeah. Must take, you must take responsibility. So I love that. And I think if more people understood that piece and had admittance to it, you, as you progress now to what happened, I don't know if any of us could really adhere to where you're going to go until you look in the mirror and say, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. I need to do it. So that's why I think it wanted, it was a healthy pause there to really say, sure. you know, we need to stop, look in the mirror, yeah. shut it off right now if you're not there yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what we did. We looked in the mirror and we said, okay, we need to change. I need to change. You know, Jen said she needed to change. And so kind of our journey was, and you know, what we have kind of built our organization and our ministry off of is the main areas of our journey that we changed in our lives. Because what we found was when we looked back, not that we're perfect by any stretch, we're still on the journey. We're all on the journey until we take our last breath. 
but what we found was as unique as our story was and what we went through, everybody experiences seasons like this in their life in their own certain way. And so our heart after, you know, journeying all of these years was to say, we recognize how lonely it was along that journey because, you know, when you're in the midst of a crisis, when you're in the midst of difficult seasons of life, it freaks people out. It really does. And so we, re we recognized how lonely it was. And we said, if we can help and walk with and journey with one person or one couple or whoever it may be, then that's one less couple that has to navigate this alone. Because we, we believe with all our hearts that from the very beginning, we were never wired to be alone. We were always created for community and relationship. And so if we can do that for others, then there's no better purpose and mission that we could have in our lives. Agreed. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully yeah. said. So, so take me from, you know, you have this revelation. What happens next? What are these categories? What are these seasons? Yeah. How did it develop into Restoration Family Farm? Sure. Tell, tell us the next piece. Yep. Yeah. So I'll fast forward the morning after the night I didn't sleep because I was so angry at what I saw in the mirror. Um, I had actually been listening to a podcast, ironically enough, and I had heard about this guy who was a pastor. I was listening to a podcast from a guy in Canada who was interviewing a pastor in Nashville who seemed to have a similar story to what we were experiencing. So I reached out, guessed an email address for him and just wrote a, a quick email hey, you have no reason to reply to me, but here's who I am. Here's a little bit of my story. What do I do? I sent him the email at 12 o'clock at night. He <laughs> replied by 1235 that night. And he said, he said, look, if you can get to Nashville in two weeks, we're hosting a little you know, mini retreat. Um, you can get here. We're going to put you in this because we want to help you. And so Jen woke up the next morning and I said, look, you have no reason to want to do this with me. <laughs> But do you want to go on this retreat? It's in Nashville. Um, I think this guy can help us. And I, I literally said to her, I was like, if nothing else, we get a trip to Nashville out of it. So would you give it a shot? And so she said, yeah, let's go. Probably just because she wanted to go to Nashville, but who knows? Um, but we went and that was like our first time in, I couldn't tell you how long, where we actually retreated, where we stepped back out of the insanity of life and just took a deep breath. And so that's actually like the, the first main piece that we do when we work with couples and individuals and things like that is we stress just how important it is to retreat and rest. Because I don't know where you're watching this or listening to this or anything like that, but what we found in the Northeast is that we wear burnout like a badge of honor. And so the more that we do, the more empty that we can become, the more successful you must be. And what, again, you know, I was a pastor for many years. And so, so much of what we do is based off of, off of the Bible and that looking at the Bible, that could not be more opposite of what God wants us to do and the rhythm that he wants us to have in our lives. And so that's the first thing that we do with couples is to say, are you intentionally retreating from the busyness of life? Right. So uh, let me just bring out something and, and uh, you may or may not be able to answer it. It might not fit here, but I want to bring it out because I know as a listener, if I'm in this cycle and I'm, I'm in this struggling relationship, 
when it, what does it mean to retreat if I can't stand the person I'm with yet? If I haven't went through these other cycles, I don't like this person. I don't want to retreat with them. I want to stay busy. Yep. I want to stay as busy as I can because yeah. I don't want to be with that person. Yeah. So, 100%. Uh, so get, give me a thought because it, uh, if I'm a listener, I guess I would have to bounce back to, I have to, you know, change yeah. first and I've got to take some steps here, but I know I'm struggling because it feels better to be busy than to deal with what I, I, I'm great at work, but I stink here. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather be busy at work. Sure. So answer that. I mean, I, I feel like the, the, the short answer, the short answer, I just wanted to bring it out because that's what people are thinking right now. 100%. Well, I mean, I think, I think it, there's a lot of different things and different ways you can look at it, but like he said, and he mentioned, you know, oh, we could just make a trip out of this to Nashville. Honestly, in that moment, I wish I could have said my intention was, I want to make this marriage great. You know, that, that wasn't my intention. My intention was, I just need a break. And on that just needing a break, when we were away, we actually realized we have fun together. We enjoy each other. And I think what happens is when you get so distant and pulled apart, that you start to really think you don't want to spend the time together and you're fighting constantly that you don't want it. So I think that, you know, the way I looked at it and the way we look at it now is God used those wrong reasons for the right reasons, mm -hmm. because he has a heart to, for us to have that relationship and to make it work any way we could, but it's okay to have the wrong reasons to go and do it. Right. Just so go through it. Fake it till you make it. We did. We did. Yeah. I mean, he said like, you know, at least you just get a trip to Nashville. That's really my only intention. And really I was like, well, I guess why not? You know, we could go and do this. And for the beginning, we did do that and pretended, you yeah. know, but I feel like by the end of the weekend, we realized the importance and we said, we should do this more and not just vacation, but just have intentional time, whether it's a few hours at home, whether it's, you know, just going on a walk and just having time to remember that we have fun together and can enjoy each other, mm -hmm. even despite how different we are. Yeah. So it, for what it means to a struggling couple at the moment is that first step is to just breathe and to make intentional time to, to move yourself out of the rat race and maybe seek some help in that, in that retreat mm -hmm. period. So it's not just be together so you can fight and be miserable, but yeah. seeking out intentional help in that retreat environment to, to get yourself away from that craziness, that chaos, remove yourself and put yourself in the place where there could be moved towards restoration. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would say too, that I would go back to what you said about, you know, you looking in the mirror because a retreat, I think that's another misconception that we have is not just a trip. It's not a vacation. It's not this thing that you do once every five years, like on sabbatical or whatever it is. What we found was the rhythm that we had to create in our lives was that we personally had to retreat daily, monthly, quarterly, and yearly, right? So, but what we needed to make sure was that we were personally retreating regularly. So right. get, Rob, give me the definition of retreat. Yeah. So that way, because you're right. You just made me realize for me, retreat means I'm kicking back with cucumbers on my eyes. And yep. it. Maybe there's a martini next to me. I don't know. That's a retreat. Absolutely. What's retreat? 
Yeah. What does well, that mean it, in this context? It is that. Don't get me wrong. Like that is retreat, but it, it's a piece of it, right? <laughs> I don't so, want to give that so, up. <laughs> yes. So those are definitely some of my favorite retreats. But some of the most significant retreats that I've had are 5 a.m. on a Wednesday morning when I decide to wake up and spend time reading, praying, Meditating. focusing, and just having a conversation with God. That's a retreat. You know, and, and what I realized was that's what makes me be able to retreat in a healthy way with my spouse. Love it. Love it. And so for me, it was going for a run. For me, it wasn't waking up at 5 a.m. Not, not even close. 5 a.m. was not my retreat time. <laughs> so I would wake up and a little later than that. Um, but one of the first things that I started to do was I love to run and going and running and literally it cleared my head. And I had my conversations with God on my run so that I can come back and not be ready to, you know, be all I don't know, ready to punch him or something, but being willing like to have a better conversation, being more okay with where I was at and my headspace was at to be able to receive if he was going to say something that maybe I interpreted the wrong way. Right. So we kind of, well, what happened was with all that we had at one, I guess one shot in a few months, we started to believe a lie that it wasn't okay to take care of ourselves because everybody else needed us. Our job needed us, our kids needed us, our whatever needed us. So you just put yourself on the back burner. But then what ends up happening is you can't deal with anyone around you. So for us, it was really intentionally finding that time, whatever that looked in whatever season that was in to be able to take that time to retreat daily. And again, right. you know, you, you have kids, you're not going to retreat for three hours a day, but maybe you can have 15 minutes and just have your own headspace. So let's, let's take the word retreat it, as another synonym could be refuel, refresh, revitalize, do what you need that's customized and tailored for you to breathe. But I would also say one, while we're taking our, our look in the mirror is using it productively. Like if you're, if you're saying prayer is involved in it, that's, that's productive growth mindset, but listening to material that one is going to refresh you, but also help grow, grow your mind. Like you don't want to go listening to a podcast while you're running, uh, why I need to get a divorce. Like you, you want to lean into responsibility. What, what is that framework look like? So just making sure that, that you're refueling, refreshing, listening to things that are obviously going to give you the energy for the next step. Totally. And that's like, that's even the second piece of, of our journey that we talk about with people is like, okay, when you retreat, however that looks daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly, everything, what you then need to do is refocus, right? Because that was the other huge piece of our life that we realized, oh my gosh, I couldn't even tell you which way is up anymore. And we had in all those difficult seasons, we had acquired all of these different responsibilities, all of these different hats, all of these different things that we needed to do that had completely stolen our attention and our, and our focus off of who we were really supposed to be and how we were really supposed to live our lives. And so like you're saying, like when we would take that time to refuel, more often than not, 
those were those moments where we would see, oh my gosh, we have to really refocus our lives right here because this is all out of whack and out of balance. So, you know, based on, on my own experience, can I say refocus is also uh, another word here is the expectations I have, right? So in my marriage, I would say, you know, and you guys walk me through that. And, you know, I look back now and say, I should have been my own client because I could have saved my marriage. I really firmly believe that. I know that God is blessing me. I, I, God is, I, he, I'm a child of the Lord. He has a beautiful plan for my future. However, my expectations around my marriage was not clear. I was under, under the complete circumstances. And my thinking is this marriage is supposed to make me happy. And I ain't happy. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that my ex-husband didn't have his obstacles that created the fuel. But I, if I look in the mirror, I knew I had wrong expectations. So can you can you speak to that? Because I think so many people still are under the same you know, veil that I had on. Totally. Well, I feel even the refocusing piece is being intentional about building the marriage. Because I feel like in, in that refocused time, we started to make the conscious decisions of, okay, even though right now we may not enjoy the time spending with each other and our expectations are up here, how can we refocus and put in a schedule of a time like a date night, to be able to, to sit down and go out to dinner, but then to be able to look at, you know, what a week looks like. What is our, what, what are our different things that have, we have going on that we can eliminate to be able to refocus in the marriage? Because I think a lot of times, and for us, the expectations were high because we just figured, well, it'll just happen. Marriage is supposed to make you happy and make you fulfilled and, and it'll just happen. And we just toss it to the wind that we actually neglected refocusing on the marriage and intentionally pouring into the marriage to have those times to be able to not have those expectations anymore. Because yes. the expectations come when you kind of toss the idea that you have to make any effort towards it. So mm -hmm. for me, it maybe looked like, you know what, I'm not going to go out with a friend tonight because I need to make a conscious decision to spend that time with my husband, even though right now I don't even like looking at him. But it's really important that I make that intention to do it. And I think that's where, if, if I'm correct, right, this is where the world needs to wake up because we are so focused on what our own thought is and what I believe is the right thing. In this refocused piece is understanding the man's role in a marriage, right? And understanding a female's role in marriage and how to communicate that to each other. Like you just said something vital. I need to make time not, I won't go out with my friends. Not that you shouldn't, you need time with your friends. And oh, yeah. call me so we could go get a pedicure again. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. you also need to make sure that you're knowing how to love him well, yeah. love him unconditionally, speak to him with respect adore him, do, you know, find out how to do that. And that's where I think there's no realistic framework for that. Yeah. People just come into a marriage expecting the 50-50. You do this, I'll do this. Yeah. When you won't do it, you're done. Yeah. And how well, are we going to know how to be able to do that well for him or somebody else if you're not spending that time? 
or if you never had the role modeling. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like we, we, we host marriage retreats, shameless plug. Um, but one of the things that we talk about on those weekends is we, we call it the expectation gap. And we talk about Guilty. what, what do you do when what you expected doesn't equal what you experienced? Because I think all of us, like you're saying, we come into these relationships with these expectations of this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to feel like. This is how I'm supposed to feel after, you know, being married and all these things. But more often than not, those expectations are not what we experienced. And now we have this gap between us and our spouse. Rob, go do that. It's much bigger. <laughs> Rob, go that way. <laughs> Exactly. So, so you're right. Like, and so we talk through, cause you have to talk through those things. And that was a huge piece of our journey as well. Uh, we literally had to sit down and talk together and say, here's this gap that I have in my expectation from you, because what I expected you to do here was not what I experienced here. And now I had all this bitterness, this resentment, this hurt, this feeling of failure and loss from her that we had to bring to the surface and then process through together. And then when we did that, that's when the gap got met. So that's a tricky piece because the way I heard it, cause I'm a female, right? So <laughs> what I just heard is you didn't, you know, you caused me to feel this way, but was the piece that may, maybe I missed was, was there the proper communication upfront to create those expectations? Or was sure. it a facade in your head that you had already imagined should have been there? Yep. So there's two different scenarios here. If you create an expectation together in unison with proper, you know, proper agreement and alignment versus I just expected it. And because, you know, Oprah told me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I think two, two, different two, things. Things, I was, two things I would say to that, and, and we don't have a ton of time to break it, but but the most important thing, one of the most important things with expectations is that they're expressed and they're agreed upon. So like, I can't hold Jen to an expectation that I have not shared with her and agreed upon with her, right? Like, and that's partly why we had all of these gaps is because I had these expectations that I never told her, right? They were all understood in my mind, but yet if she didn't know about them, she could never meet them. And some of them, she was never supposed to meet because they're completely unrealistic. Oh. So we had to really process through it. Like I would say, you know, it hurt me that you didn't do this. And she's like, do you realize that no one on the face of the planet could have done that for you? It's unrealistic for a human. And that was the other piece that I want to talk about. It's unrealistic for a human to meet that need in your life because a, a spouse was not created to meet that need. And that's the other thing that we talk about with our expectation gaps, that what we have to understand is that more often in our relationship, the expectation gap has been created between us and God long before it's been created between us and our spouse. Wow. I want everyone to stop, rewind about two minutes and just listen to that again. It's that important. And Gemma Vilda will also say, if you don't have a life, you know, obviously for you and I understanding that that's God is the only one who can fill that gap. But if you are not living a life that's healthy and abundant, you will never find it in a spouse. You can never make your spouse your savior. Yeah. And I can't express that enough. So like, I want to say it different ways. I want to say it in a secular way. So people get it. Your spouse is not your savior. It's not your savior can never take that place. So 
I just, I, I love that moment and, you know, guilty again. And I, if marriages are failing, this is why. This is why right here. So keep going, but I love what you just said. I really wish people would listen to it again. <laughs> no, that's great. I wasn't even planning on talking about that. So I guess it's the cool, that was what we were supposed to say. But like, that was like going back, what we were saying of that refocus piece, right? Those are the areas of our lives that we needed to refocus. Like, yes, yeah, sometimes the refocus look like, hey, I need to not have this added responsibility or I need to not coach this team or I need to not have that extra, you know, project at work. But the, the heart of the issue that we needed to refocus was who we are and those expectations that we had and understanding, were they realistic? Were we on the same page about them? And how do we process through and heal those? And as, sorry, go ahead. I, and also come to an agreement. I think you yes. said it once, but it's so important that it's not what you what you said now that you said it, it's your belief, you have to figure it out. It's coming to it together in an alignment and an agreement together. Yes. I think for us, when we were on that retreat for the weekend, we didn't feel together. And I think that's a lot of why we kind of created the gap there. We weren't agreeing upon things. We just kind of made things up in our head. So the purpose of that weekend was retreating, but also refocusing by drawing us closer together. And the purpose of the retreat by drawing us closer together, the, the way they did it and the way we have learned is the best way in just creating that gap is being vulnerable and honest. One of the times on the retreat, they asked us to go into a room and sit down and talk to each other and basically talk to each other about anything that we've been hiding and keeping from each other. We still joke about some of the, the light things we shared and then some of the deeper things. One of the, I, I, I ended up hitting the car into the house and I had kept it secret from him because of that, you know, right? That's awesome. That's my, my true confession. <laughs> um, but it's silly, but I kept it from him because our expectation gaps were so big that there wasn't a safe place to even share something funny like that. So intentionally retreating, and then when we were refocusing, sharing and excuse me, confessing the areas that we were falling short of or that we weren't honest with each other about. Once we started sharing those honest moments, and drawing us together, we were then able to more agree upon moving forward principles that we wanted to make sure happened in our marriage or different things we want to agree because we're not going to be agreeing upon things if we're both in left field. So right. the thing that brought us together to start to agree upon things again, like we did 10 years before that when we had the vows, was really kind of almost redo our vows in a sense of Here's where I've messed up, whereas where I didn't fulfill that vow. And now here's how we can move forward and start to make those changes together and now agree upon them again. Because somehow along those years, we ended up on our own journeys instead of trying to bring them together. So um, there's so much, right? Each of these little principles, we could take a day each, right? So now we have this, this uh, refresh, refocus. What's the next... Yeah. What's the next category? You said there was three. Yeah. So the interesting thing, like to go off of what Jen was just sharing and kind of to bring it all together was when we started to do those kind of hard or have those hard conversations where we started to, you know, scale ever strip everything back and get back to the, the basics and the, the bare bones and, and everything like that. 
that was when we started to see restoration in our relationship. And, you know, I think for us, we look at it and I, when I talk with people, I say like, you know, a coat of paint won't fix a cracked foundation. You know, a new faucet is not going to fix the leaky pipe under the sink. In order to restore something, you have to be willing to pull it all apart, get it all exposed and begin rebuilding from a foundation, the firm foundation. Otherwise, it's not a restoration. It's just a cosmetic adjustment. And I think in our relationships, we tend to focus more on the cosmetic pieces of things. And so, like we said, like, okay, you know, you just need to have a date night. Well, you know what? You can have as many date nights if, as you want. If you can't stand being in the same general vicinity as your significant other, and you don't approach and go after why that is, then it's a waste of a time to have a date night. You're never going to get to that point unless you do the hard work to get to that area that's keeping you from not wanting to have that date night. So Rob, you can't, I can't tell you how incredible what you just said. Again, rewind, listen to that again. The hard work, I don't, we don't have time left for what is the hard work. Like there's a bucket of a list of things that I would think, first of all, looking in the mirror, step one, make sure you're taking full responsibility. I'm gonna say that again, make sure you take responsibility. And then are people expected to do this on their own, qualified coaches, how do you, I don't wanna just so quickly turn the ship here, but for time's sake, especially because Jen's got to go, move <laughs> us towards, you know, what does hard work look like and how, what's the expectation? How do people get there? Yeah, you're right. Do you want to? Oh, okay. You're right. The, the bucket is massive of what that would look like. And I think it's in all of the above. So it's, it's going back to what we said of those intentional, personal, individual times where you're stepping back where you're praying, where you're, you're reading, where you're gathering resources to help you understand yourself. Um, it's, we both in, in those seasons and still to this day, go regularly for some type of counseling and coaching, because no matter how much work we do ourselves, there's always going to be things that we can't see about ourselves. And so we did individual, we did couples counseling and coaching, like we're constantly doing that. And we're constantly making sure we create these rhythms to check back in, right? Because our relationships are always growing and changing and morphing and things like that. So we're constantly having to make those times to say, like Jen said that time, we went and kind of put it all on the table. Well, we put it all on the table that time, but guess what? The next day, there were more things that needed to be talked about. So we had to keep revisiting and reworking and re-exposing all of these things constantly. It's not a one and done. So I want to just point something out. You know, I've known you both a long time. So it's in your bend to, to do that, right? You, you almost have some natural gifting to do some of this hard work on your own. Majority of people are going to always get back stuck in their own default and go back in and point the finger and go back in and, you know, say it's your fault. Sure. So I, Again, in, in honor of time, and we'll bring you back and maybe we'll do part two, but in honor of time, you know, what are your suggestions for the listener right now? What is maybe two, two parts to this? Maybe what's one or two things that um, somebody who's struggling in their marriage or single looking to get 
what's the one or two action steps? And then what, what do you have available, if anything at all? Like what is, what is um, Restoration Family Farm have for the, the, the couples that are out there struggling? So yeah. what are the action steps today? What do you guys offer? Yep. I think the first, the first big thing that kept coming as you were saying this is to not do it alone. Yep. So even though you said to me that we have a bench towards it, we didn't have a bent to do it ourselves. We did not want to go for help. That was the last thing we wanted to do was to ask anyone and to tell people we're failing at our marriage and we don't know what we're doing. That was a lot, especially with Rob being a pastor of the church. Let me stand up in front of everybody and say, we're failing, learn from us. But I feel like once we were really, once we were really humbled is really the biggest, you know, I guess, words to use and realize we were not meant to do it alone. God didn't create us to do it alone. And to really realize if we were going to go anywhere in our marriage, anywhere in our own personal journeys, the best way was to find someone who was, whether it's a professional counselor or it's a pastor, whether it's somebody that you have connected with coming to you and being able to discover yourself walking alongside with somebody else was the only way I feel like we were going to be able to come out of that pit because having somebody to be able to encourage you to show you your strengths but to also show you your weaknesses funny enough I had a good friend and I feel like this is so important to even to this day who I did not ever want to call when I got in a fight with Rob because I knew when I texted her and when I called her she was so committed to fight for our marriage that she never spoke a bad word about him. Never. And it annoyed me because I just wanted to I call my girlfriend and just have her say, yes, he is a jerk. It wasn't but me, he- Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh, no. <laughs> but I think whether it's counseling or whether it's a friend, going to the hard people that aren't going to tell you what you want to hear. And they're going to tell you things in yourself that you need to change as well. And now I'm not saying if this is an abusive relationship, I'm not saying if this is domestic violence, I'm saying if this is general stuff that is frustrating you and annoying you, and you need to relook at yourself. And that's what she did. And I think it's important to find friends. Maybe you're avoiding them, having the people to really speak truth into your life because you're not meant to do it alone and have yes men all around you. Agreed. So what what does um, Restoration Family Farm offer? And is there an offering? I, you know, you guys tell us what's what's out there that you have to offer our listeners. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we do a few things right now. Um, so one of the things that we do is these marriage weekends for couples, and it's it's basically on a uninterrupted time to retreat and refocus so that God can restore your relationships with him and with each other. Um, so we offer those throughout the year. We have our next one coming up on June 25th. Um, highly recommend anybody that would like to come to that. It's, it's, it's an awesome time. We talk about a lot of things that you probably would never talk about um, with your spouse. Um, and we talk about them when you're not in the heat of an argument, which is even better. Because it's amazing how much more productive you can be when you're not in the middle of an argument. You know, um, you said something I think it's important, especially for men. Um, I, only because we've talked before, I know this. 
that for anybody listening, it's not like you guys all talk and every, somebody has to stand up in the room and say, I, you know, I am really bad at making the bed and, you know, like none of that, right? You know, yeah. there's no so, sharing out loud. No, that, that's a huge thing. Like we always say to, to couples, like we design these weekends with the husband in mind. So we took, and, and I'm like incredibly introverted. So just know that about me. So basically I took all the things that make me uncomfortable and freak me out about going to something like this and we got rid of them. So there's no awkward standing up like a self-help group of, hi, I'm Rob, I struggle with making the bed. Like there's none of those kind of things. There's no forced interaction with the other couples. The forced interaction is between you and your spouse. And so we'll get together with the group and we'll share something. And then you and your spouse just go and unpack it together by yourselves. That's it. It's really, it's really uninterrupted time with your spouse and nobody else. And we're available on the weekend to be able to walk alongside if people would like other people, but you literally can come on the weekend. We can have no idea what's going on in your marriage at all. And that's okay. You know, we intentionally want the two of you to connect, but if you're having a hard time, we're also there and available to help. So the, um, for the average couple, is this faith-based only or can secular couples come in if they're open-minded? Tell us a little bit about that because people might be wondering. Yeah, great question. Um, what we do is based off of our relationship that we have with God. So we will always have a bent to that because that's the, we know that that's the only reason we're here today. Can anybody come on the retreat? Absolutely. But just know, like, we do pray for you guys, you know, and we do, our whole weekend is based off of a chapter in the Bible, Psalm 23, where it talks about a shepherd and sheep, because that's what changed our lives. We explain it in a non-threatening way. We don't throw it down your throat or anything like that, but that's, what shaped us and so we do share examples like that on the retreat but it's open to everyone something that i've often said and i'm wondering if you guys have the same thought process so i, I say almost every time i speak it, it's based off a biblical principle right and it might not be your ideology but don't throw out the principle yeah the principles are proven processes so don't focus on anything else although you know again that's that's me and God, I believe it wholeheartedly or else I wouldn't be here. However, this principle is somewhat what I'll call a proven process. So mm -hmm. focus on the principle. So yeah. I, I don't know if that means anything to you guys or for, for how you would package this. So what I'm hearing is, is if you, you can still come and find this restoration through the, the principles. 100%. Regardless. 100%. And as you say, if anybody has any questions or is unsure, you're welcome to give our information and you can ask us more specifically about what the sessions look like over the weekend. We also intentionally design it to be only a few and have an intentional date night built in. So we don't upload you with a million different sessions and breakouts and whatever, because then that gets busy as well. It's supposed to be a very refreshing, calm weekend with a few teachings in there but they really the opportunity to connect with you two. As is, it a, is it a sleeping environment? Like you're away from home? You sleeping? are, yeah. And it's ho hotel style. So you, you have your own room, bathroom, everything like that. Got it. Good. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to leave the, our listeners with? Yeah. One thing that I just has been on my heart and it's something that was important to Jen and I, it, to, to the 
couple, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're, you know, wherever you're at in your relationship, I just want to say and encourage you that don't ever forget that slow progress is still progress. So if you're saying, okay, I want to work on this stuff. I want to have these hard conversations. I don't want to get upset with my spouse as often as I do, or my significant other as much as I do. Even if one time you don't do that, you've still made progress in your journey. So don't, don't discredit to say, well, I can't get to this place. I'm not there yet. Even one single step is still progress and you're still moving closer and further in your journey. So give yourself grace because you're going to need it. We all need it. And that's, we have it. We're allowed to have it. And just know that slow progress is still progress. I, there's like not nothing to say after that, Rob. It's just like, that's perfect landing right there. It's just so good. This has been like, it's just so great to know that there's, uh, that you're, your services are out there. You're you're fighting for the the community. You're changing you're changing the world one relationship at a time. And it's a, it's a privilege to really have you on. I, I hope that we could do a part two. Um, there's just so much to unpack. I would love to really look more at what those that that hard work is that you know people need to do that restoration piece. Uh, that's really really intriguing for me. So I hope you guys would come back at another to. point. Uh, but is there an email or a, a, a website? How do people find you? How do, how do they yeah. come after you? Social yeah. media? Social media. It's just our, our name at Restoration Family Farm. You can check out restorationfamilyfarm.com or you can email us at hello at Restoration Family Farm. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of people are going to find you and they'll be on their way to find that restoration. But thank you for all you're doing. And it was great having you guys. Thank you, Janine. Thanks, Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.